Well, welcome everyone. I'm so excited you're listening in and I'm so excited for our guest today. She's here to support you to experience more joy and share with us some of the latest information on how our money mindset impacts everything and the power of the subconscious and a lot more. So let me tell you a little bit about her and and really you just need to hold on to your hats here because she has a lot of accomplishments. Our guest today is a PhD and a catalyst for change and a transformational coach and speaker. And she works with creative, spiritual, high-achieving entrepreneurs to help them tap into greater confidence, creativity, prosperity, and peace. Now, she's a sought-after money mindset coach and business mentor, and she really does have a unique background that gives her an edge that creates profound transformation for her clients. So so just listen to some of this. She's an award-winning filmmaker. She holds a PhD in comparative literature. She's been practicing and teaching yoga and meditation for over 20 years, and she has a pre-medical degree. I think she has a few more degrees. She just has not put them in here, so I'm pretty sure she has more. But her unique experience with literature and science gives her a powerful edge in helping her clients rewrite their money stories, which is so crucial. So she provides that bridge between science and spirituality, between mindset and skill set, between ancient wisdom and modern neuroscience, intuition and strategy. I mean, that is amazing if we were only all operating from that perspective. Now, her clients say she has an extraordinary ability to help them see their subconscious programming so that they can change those limiting beliefs and habits and rewrite their stories so that they can have more emotional freedom, be more productive, prosperous, and relaxed. More relaxed is good than they ever thought possible. We all want more of that for sure. So I'm so excited to welcome Deborah Fryer. Deborah, so glad you're here. Oh, what an awesome introduction. Well, I I know you have a few more degrees in there and you just don't want to keep bragging. So (laughs) share that with us. Oh, but I do appreciate you. And now, Deborah, this is our Thanksgiving episode. So I want to start out our chat with gratitude. So first of all, gratitude for you and your work and all you impact. And just, I would like to have everyone, whenever you're listening to this, it can be after Thanksgiving in the U.S. here, but to hold the intention for gratitude, to support everyone in activating gratitude here today, to activate gratitude energy, and just to be able to experience more of that energy in our lives and to send that around the world, that energy of gratitude. So we're going to hold that through all of our chat here today is that gratitude. Anything you wanted to share on the gratitude, uh, holding the gratitude energy, Deborah? Well, that has been such a powerful shift for me in my own money story. And the reason for that is that when we start our day with gratitude, we do what's called cognitive priming. We, it's like when you prime a pump, mm-hmm. you know, like in the olden days, or for me, I'm dating myself, but when you'd go to a state park and you'd have one of those pumps that has the handle and you you know, pump it up and down and it kind of is rusty sounding and it makes this squeaky noise. And then the water starts to come out of the pump. And when you prime your brain for gratitude, you begin your day by 
claiming things that you're grateful for. Mm -hmm. And as you reflect on things you're grateful for, and they can be super simple things. I'm really grateful for my warm, cozy bed. I'm really grateful for my home. I'm really grateful that we have heat. I'm really grateful that I have hot water in the shower. I'm really grateful that I get to work with amazing clients that I love. I'm really grateful that I'm wearing my comfortable sheepskin slippers, stuff like that. You know, it doesn't have to be Mm -hmm. a big deal. But when you begin to uh, reflect on things that you're grateful for, you begin to release, your brain begins to release a cascade of the chemical dopamine. And dopamine is the chemical that's associated with pleasure and with reward, and it feels good. And Mm -hmm. so when you start your day looking for stuff that feels really good for you, your brain is just like a little golden retriever. And, you know, you're Mm -hmm. like a puppy. When you throw the ball, the golden retriever will run after it and fetch it and very happily bring it back to you. And it'll be so proud of itself that it brought back the tennis ball that you threw to it. That Mm -hmm. same principle is really powerful when we're talking about gratitude. You start Mm -hmm. your day with gratitude. You throw out a couple tennis balls of gratitude, and now your brain is going to go look for things to be grateful for the entire rest of the day. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's such an important practice. And I actually do it in the morning, and I do it right before bed. So before my feet hit the floor in the morning, I lie in bed, and I go through a list of things I'm grateful for. At the end of the day, I'm already in bed, but before I go to sleep, I ask myself, what am I grateful for? Mm -hmm. And then there are some more advanced uh, gratitude practices besides being grateful for what already has happened. That's how most people begin their gratitude experience is, you know, I'm really grateful for this thing that already exists. Now, if you really want to dial it up, dial up your prosperity and your money mindset and the abundance that's on its way to you anyway, you begin to be grateful for the things that are coming. Mm-hmm. Right. Like yep. I'm, I'm really grateful for, you know, Thanksgiving when I get to be with my family. I'm really grateful um, for the, the amazing uh, 2020 that's going to happen. I'm really grateful for my best selling book, which, you know, I'm in the process of writing. It hasn't hit the shelves yet, but I'm really grateful for all the people who are going to read it and love it and learn from it. It's going to change their money mindset. So you can begin to kind of future pace using your gratitude for things that are coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's exponentially powerful. Absolutely. I absolutely love that. And I always ask my guests a few questions to really get behind their unique stories and to support our listeners by pulling back the curtain a bit. So is it okay if I jump in and ask a few of those questions from you? Sure, go for it. Okay. So Deborah, since my podcast is called The Spiritually Persistent Entrepreneur, you know, I always ask my guests, first of all, what does being a spiritually persistent entrepreneur mean to you? I love that question. When I started on this path, I didn't consider myself an entrepreneur. I considered myself a wantrepreneur. Mm. I, uh, I was a filmmaker. I still am a filmmaker. And, um, and I was a classic overachieving, as you could hear from the introduction, <laughs> a classic overachiever, an under earner, an overgiver, an undercharger. And I was really attached to being a starving artist. Mm. And I was kind of self-righteous about it. And I was very proud of the fact that I could live on so little. I was very proud of the fact that I did a lot of pro bono work and um, I really wanted more money. But those two things were in conflict. So that's why I called myself a wantrepreneur. I didn't think like a business owner. Um, I didn't have a very healthy relationship with money. In fact, I would describe my relationship with money as quite toxic, quite unhealthy, um, quite hostile and dependent. In other words, I hated money and I was really pissed that I needed money to feel safe and I felt really unsafe. And so it was, you know, like a really, really bad boyfriend that I needed Mm -hmm. to break up with. Uh, Then I, you know, like many starving artists, I'm putting that in air quotes, and people who are spiritual, uh, which I was, I had another belief, which was I can't be spiritual and rich. 
So I had to pick. And so I picked spiritual. So when you say, what does it mean to be a spiritually persistent entrepreneur? Well, so I went from entrepreneur to being a mantrapreneur. And I just chanted all the time, but I did nothing to change my behavior. I did nothing to change my beliefs. I did nothing to change my mindset. I just meditated a lot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I spent a lot of money on retreats and it was super awesome. But because I wasn't changing anything underneath, I kept getting the same results I'd always gotten because I was doing the same things I had always done. And so I was spiritual. And I was persistent, but I wasn't yet an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And when I changed my money mindset, then I really stepped into the shoes of being a conscious business owner. And I started thinking about money completely differently. Mm -hmm. And at this stage in my life and in my business, my relationship with spirit is a source of great wealth and great prosperity and great abundance. And I practice, as Abraham says, spiritualizing the material Mm -hmm. because everything gets created twice, right? It gets created first through inspiration, through idea, things that fall in when we're in the shower or when we're falling asleep or even in dreams or in in meditative states or when we're writing in our journal in the morning. You know, the subconscious delivers information in all kinds of ways that hasn't existed yet. Mm -hmm. It it feels true when we get an idea or inspired about something, but we haven't taken the action to reify it, to make it, you know, a a physical product, or we haven't enrolled that client yet, or if we're a designer, we have an idea for a piece of jewelry, but it doesn't exist yet. And so then we created again the second time when we created in material form. So I'm quite aware of that um, duality of or that double way that things get created, first in spiritual form, through idea, through thought, through inspiration, and then they get created again. Or I should say that they get uh, they move from formless into form Mm -hmm. when they move into the material form. And so when when you say what is being a spiritually persistent entrepreneur mean, what it means now is a, a practice of being fully integrated where there isn't actually separation between the material and the non material. Mm, That's beautiful. I can feel that. I can feel that shift. Now, can you share one challenge that stands out that you faced that has helped you to activate being a spiritually persistent entrepreneur to activate more of that in you? Well, like many people who start on this path, I began with a very uh, dualistic view of my place in the world. Mm -hmm. And I felt like an imposter. And, you know, I work with now lots of people who also feel like they're imposters. They're extremely highly educated, but they still feel like they're not doing enough. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's a classic example of a disconnect between the spiritual me, right, who contains, who is vibrating as the all that is, right? I'm breathing spirit. Life force is moving through me. I'm a channel for that. I'm a vessel for more of that to flow through me at all times. And yet when I'm pinching myself off from that and I'm walking around as though I'm separate, I feel like I don't matter. I don't have anything to contribute. Nobody wants to work with me. And these are some of the, you know, really painful, um, untrue, critical voices that people come to me with. They they feel like these conditions are so convincing they believe them. Mm-hmm. And that pinches them off from, from, you know, more money, more clients, more success in their business, et cetera. So, you know, for me, when I first started my business, I had no idea how I was going to make money. I, I had no idea because I thought that money came from outside of me. I thought it was a job. I thought it was somebody who sent me a paycheck if I showed up to work. And 
it was really, you know, a quantum flip on my way of thinking that I'm actually the creator of my wealth, that as I stream consciousness through me as me, as I just infuse myself with spirit, and that even sounds dualistic, I just am spirit as I allow the truth of me and the information that moves through me, as I allow that to self-express, I create products and courses and um, I offer coaching programs and I write books and I'm a speaker and, you know, I just create stuff and all of that stuff that I'm creating is is what will eventually come back as gratitude, right? Dollars are a green energy of gratitude. Mm-hmm. So whatever you're creating, whether you're, create, you're a painter and you make a painting and then somebody buys the painting, now money comes back to you. You're a personal trainer. You know, you've got, an ex, you've got expertise and wisdom. People hire you for your expertise, for your wisdom. And then you receive in exchange gratitude, which is green energy. Mm-hmm. So I realized that I'm actually the creator. Each one of us is the creator of our wealth rather than waiting for it to show up. Mm-hmm. Very different relationship with it. Absolutely. So what was the spiritual theme or divine curriculum in that challenge? So, you know, you were mentioning that you were uh, saw yourself as a starving artist and you saw yourself either spiritual or wealth, you had to pick one, and then you really came to uh, start to see um, that you really were the, you know, the, the creator, the creator of all of it. And so what would you say was the spiritual theme in that um, now that you're on the other side of that? Because anytime we go through a challenge or an issue or a bump in the road, whatever, I always see it as a divine curriculum of some kind that, uh, that we, you know, that I wouldn't think, uh, we don't think that at a soul level we'd sign up for that class, but we really are on this path. And it is one of those things that we've agreed to participate in, you know, at some soul level. So just for uh, people to think about that, what overall would you say was the kind of divine curriculum for you in, in all of that? You know, the thing that really kicked me in the butt on this path was I'd been making films and I felt great when I had a project that was paying and I felt really terrible when I didn't have a project. I felt like I'd fallen through the ice. I felt like such a fraud. Sometimes, you know, I I couldn't pay my rent and it was just embarrassing. I felt really ashamed and humiliated. So smart. How come I can't figure out this money thing? So I decided I'm just going to go to medical school. That's going to solve everything because then I'll get real respect. I'll get a real paycheck. I'll have real authority. You know, I, I, just found this very convenient thing to project all of my lack onto, which was the medical system. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was on the, this is how I ended up with a pre-medical degree. I went back to school to do all of the courses in chemistry, biology, et cetera. And I was working in the anatomy lab and uh, there was a flood in my town and it was, you know, a, a, one of the hundred year floods. Uh, overnight, we lost a third of our house. And uh, my meditation space was down there. My film editing studio was down there. And that just went away. And the room had to be gutted down to the drywall and the studs. It, it Overnight, we were about $50,000 in debt. Uh, and it was devastating. Wow. And then, uh, you know, if that wasn't enough, because I kept saying to the universe, you know, when is this going to change? When is this going to change? When is this going to change? And it was one of those stories where you keep saying, when is it going to change? And, and the universe keeps giving you opportunities. And you're like, no, not that, not that, not that. So, you know, for me, the universe was like, okay, here, how about that? Like, you know, we'll, we'll, <laughs> 
will liberate you from a 30-year yeah. house, will give you a huge pile of debt. I wasn't making any money at the time because I was on the path to medical school. Uh, so I also had some debt from like going back to school. And then about three weeks after the flood, my dad dropped dead of a heart attack. Mm-hmm. And that was a huge painful loss. It was It's a shock anytime you lose a parent. He was young. And the next day, it was my job to go into the anatomy lab and prepare the cadavers for the students. And it just so happened that the module that the students were on was the heart. Now, my dad had just dropped dead of a massive coronary, and it's my job the next day to take the heart out of the body. Wow. And I took the heart out of the body of the cadaver. It was a man, and he too had died from a massive coronary. And when that happens, the heart doesn't pump in coordinated fashion like it's supposed to. So one side of the heart was empty and one side of the heart was full. And I realized in that moment, I just had like a full on download that I had been running my business completely against nature. I I thought I was supposed to be productive 24 seven. And if I wasn't in the middle of a project, I was a piece of, you know what? Mm -hmm. I, I, I thought if I, you know, didn't have clients lined up for the entire year, I was trash. And, you know, I had these I had this misperception that I was just supposed to be working all the time and it was supposed to be really, really hard and I was never supposed to sleep and I was never supposed to get a break and I was not allowed to take a break to eat, et cetera. And, uh, you know, holding a heart in my hand changed everything. Mm-hmm. And I saw that, you know, the heart, it receives and it lets go. It fills and it empties. And it's this constant rhythm of open and close, receive and empty. And it's one thing. It's not separate. It's not that, you know, day is separate from night. It's one thing. The filling of the Mm -hmm. heart is about circulation. And there were so many metaphors about money in Mm -hmm. the heart. And, um, you know, I just, I walked out of the anatomy lab that day. It was beautiful October day. I live in Colorado and the aspens were turning gold Mm -hmm. against this beautiful cobalt sky. Mm -hmm. And I just remember looking at the trees and the blue sky the gold and saying, Mother Nature, how do you do it? How do you transform it with such grace and such beauty? This is the natural process. Mm-hmm. Letting go is a natural process. Why can't I do it? What's wrong with me? Will you teach me? And uh, and what I heard was sit down. Mm-hmm. So I did the Persephone thing. I went underground. I went you know into onto my yoga mat and into my meditation cushion. And I just gave myself permission to grieve, to grieve all the ways that I'd abused myself for decades, the ways that I devalued and disrespected myself by overgiving and over-delivering and undercharging and selling myself short. And I promised myself that I was going to study nature. And I did that for six months. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, March rolled around six months later and I hadn't done a lick of work and while my, you know, basement was being rebuilt. And uh, the phone rang and it was a client that I had worked for for a decade. And this client called me up and said, we have 10x the budget we normally pay you. Would you like to work with us? Can you help us spend you know, 10 times what we normally pay you? And it was like this magical moment. All I had done was really renovate my brain, renovate my mindset at the same time as our basement was being renovated and rebuilt all the way down to the studs. You know, I took apart my mindset drywall by drywall <laughs> and renovated it. 
and uh, you know the vibrational shift that I was vibrating at. I know that sounds really woo and weird, but it's completely true mm-hmm, that sure. my field was perceptible by a client I had worked with for a decade. Sure. And that same client, without me needing to say anything about my rate, without me needing to do any marketing, without me needing to do anything, I just you know relaxed and let it come to me. That that client reached out and said, "Hey, you know, we're ready for you. Are you available?" So. That's really how things shifted was I faced rock bottom. I, you know, loss of my my home and debt and loss of my father and who am I? What am I doing? And that's actually how my business started, the Anatomy of Money, which is my signature program. And it's now a year long program that is by application only. Um, it, It started really on this journey. I'm so grateful for everything that happened because my business grew out of my experience in the anatomy lab really having my hands in the human heart and having my hands in the human nervous system and and holding a brain in my hand and understanding how the natural organism of the body works. Yeah, that is an an amazing story because it's so organic. And I mean, and you really could have, you know, you could have walked past that. I mean, you had to be open to the download. You had to be open to seeing, um, you know, the core, the connection. But like you said, Oftentimes when you're just brought down to your knees, right? I mean, that's when that's when you're you you have your breakthrough. You know, your breakdown is really your breakthrough. And, and the beauty yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. I was going to say the beauty of that and, and spiritual teachings um, give us examples of this all the time. For people who are super high achieving and super analytical and brilliant and in their head all the time and they think, oh, I can figure that out. I'll just think harder. I'll just work harder. I'll just figure it out on my own. You know, that lone wolf kind of thing. I'll just think harder and I'll figure it out. You need to you need to be shocked. And you need to have such a shock to your system that you don't even have one iota of energy to think anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I was so humbled by all of all of it, by the flood and by losing my office and, and, and losing my dad and then being in the anatomy lab. And actually, not long ago, I reviewed an email that I sent to uh, the woman who runs the anatomy lab. And it was just such a raw email that I sent. And it said um, something like, my dad died today. There's no way I can take the heart out of a body. I mean, it was just like so raw. And and I and she said, of course I understand. Of course you don't need to come into work. And then I sat with it and I was like, I can't not do this. Mm-hmm. I have to be there. I have to be present for this. You know, if nothing else, to honor my father and see what killed him. I mean, what a turning point, because you could have chosen not to do that. Everybody yep. would have totally understood, like, oh, no, please, you know, you're grieving. You don't need to come in. But something was nudging you. No, yeah. no, you got to go, because because there was so much more that was waiting to be unfolded. And yeah. I just think that is just, it's such a it's such a great example of just listening to that small voice, just yeah. listening to those little to the nudges, just the, the, you know, the promptings. And, you know, you um, are really up on the latest on science and mindset. And, and, and why don't you share with folks a little bit about, you know, especially because these are entrepreneurs, right, are spiritually persistent entrepreneurs. A lot of people that listen to the podcast, they either want to start a business, but they just feel like, oh, you know, how am I ever going to do that? And they'll come up with all the reasons why technology, I can't write copy, I can't write marketing, whatever, I can't do whatever, you know, whatever their reasonings are. And what do you want to share with people about, you know, wherever they are, or maybe they're in their business now and they 
they've been feeling like they're hitting their head against the wall, you know, that they feel like, you know, no matter what they're doing, it's just not producing in the way that they want to. And they feel like they just kind of can't break through the, the ceiling of whatever that ceiling is that they put on. Or, you know, maybe they've experienced some kind of big setback in some kind of way. Either, you know, we know as entrepreneurs that you know, our business and our lives are intertwined, you know, energetically, you know, it's intertwined with everyone, but particularly when you're in your own business. I mean, things will trigger, you know, trigger you and and more things will come up than it's one of the greatest curriculums, divine curriculums you can have. But what do you want to share with people who are saying, you know, maybe they're really struggling and, and what would you recommend for them to begin to start to either understand or begin to start moving towards, you know, with, with some of those things? Because it, I think a lot of times it's People are saying, you know, if I could just have that that big check, you know, if I could just somebody just write me a big check, then everything will be okay. You know, then all of it will be okay. And what would you like to say to those folks and maybe give them some some thoughts on, on moving forward? Such a great question. Well, I'm going to start with the very last thing you said. So if there's anybody who's thinking, oh, if somebody would just write me a big check, you know, I would caution you about that because that's just going to feed the part of you that already is sitting there feeling like a victim. Mm-hmm. You don't want somebody to rescue you. You want to be the person who has the the, the, the pride and the confidence and the joy and the self-realization mm-hmm. of I get to create money because I am worthy. I am creating value. I'm adding value to the marketplace mm-hmm. through my wisdom, through my expertise, through my art. So. So, uh, you know, I would I would caution you right. if that's something that you are sitting there hoping for, because it is an extremely disempowered stance to take waiting for somebody to rescue you. Right. Like a lottery yeah. or whatever, a windfall of some kind. You know? Whatever. You know, you yeah. can marry rich or you can win the lottery <laughs> or you can get a giant, you know, tax refund or, you know, any number of ways that money could come to you without you actually doing the work. And the work is not external work. It's not you pushing paper and bean counting. The work is inner work. And being an entrepreneur is the best spiritual growth path ever. Absolutely. And what's being called for in those moments is you recognizing your divinity, is you recognizing that you are made of the all that is, all prosperity, all life force, all God, goddess, prana, chi, spirit that is in everything. There is no thing spirit doesn't touch. So really, it's an invitation for you to, you know, do the inner work, which means get into your subconscious programming that is doing its best to shut you down. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the party that wants to do something is in battle with your conditioning or your programming that says, oh, that's not safe for you. Who do you think you are? You can't charge that much. You need another degree. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants what you have to <laughs> offer. Blah, blah, blah. All mm-hmm. of that is ego-based conditioning. So I would recommend that if you really do want to be on the entrepreneurial path, you want to be a business owner, you want to make more art, make more movies, write more books, start a coaching business, start a podcast, whatever your desire is, work with somebody, find somebody who can help you get underneath at the nervous system level. Mm-hmm. I work with people on subconscious programming all day long, and I use ancient wisdom and modern neuroscience. So my favorite go-tos are tapping, emotional freedom technique. Uh, you're free to reach out to me. I'd be happy to have a conversation with you. There are lots of tappers around. You know, the Ortners have made, Nick Ortner and Alex Ortner and Jessica Ortner have made tapping, you know, pretty much a household word sure. and is now yep. clinically proven to reduce cortisol, which is the stress hormone in the body. It's used to treat trauma. It's used to treat PTSD. 
safety. Uh, you know, I've personally used tapping with all of my clients and with my own self uh, to heal my money wounds, to increase my income by, I can't even do the math of it now, but you know, like at least a thousand percent. It's just, it's just, crazy how it stops us from being stuck in fear and anxiety and stress. So I'd recommend that you find somebody who works at the nervous system level. Tapping is a great option. Um, there's also NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. That's super helpful. There's brain spotting. Meditation is extremely helpful, especially uh, guided meditation with people who, who know this terrain of, of uh, talking about the subconscious belief systems. Um, I'm a, a certified uh, facilitator of the energy codes, which is another modality that involves uh, mind-body energy work. Uh, it's a kind of integrative practice a lot of functional medicine doctors and holistic nutritionists because food creates energy in your body. So I would encourage people to begin to explore some of these mind-body modalities so that you can get underneath of the story into the energy that and the feeling that is um, either holding you back or encouraging you, you to go forth and prosper. That's awesome. And I know that you have something, I always ask our guests to provide something so that people can dig in deeper and they, you know, they make a connection with you and they can, um, they can be benefited and by something that you can offer. And you've got something and share with us a little bit about what you're providing for folks. This is going to be in our success directory and the link will be on the episode page, but if you can also go through kind of what you're offering and then maybe give people, uh, people that link. So if they're just listening, uh, they can they can go there and get that right now. Sure. One of the gifts that I am offering to people is called Best Brain Hacks. It's a book I wrote. It's got 108 spiritual, scientific, and sensual strategies for success. And these brain hacks are ways for you to change your brain chemistry in five minutes or less. Uh, they're, they're very simple practices. Some of them involve breathing. Some are yoga. Some are ones that involve vision. Some involve movement. Some involve taste. But I'm, I'm giving you, you know, a, a smorgasbord of different sensory experiences that will actually move your attention out of fight or flight, out of fear and anxiety and stress into the higher cortical areas where you can process creativity, imagination, connectedness, connection with something bigger than you. And they're very powerful and fun exercises that really train your brain to seek a state of calm, a state of gratitude, a state of appreciation, creativity, and connectedness. Mm, that's beautiful. Now, we're going to have that on the episode page, so we can go ahead and, and um, have folks direct them back to the episode page if we want to do that. Um, I want to just really thank you, Deborah. And I'll, I'll, at the end of um, all of my interviews, I like to take a moment and just, you know, we've created a lot of powerful energy here, a lot of intentional energy to support people. And I just like to take a moment and just bring that energy together and just join with all everyone who's listening at any time. You know, there is no such thing as time or space. So everyone's connected and just to send that energy out to support everyone so that people really can move past their money stories, that they can really experience the abundance that's all around them, that they can really feel more joy and fulfillment, and they can really be led to as you said, any of these um, uh, possibilities that you have in your, that you've uh, provided so people can go and get that and really begin to start. You know, there's no accident that you're listening to this here today. So I just really want to just hold the intention of that energy and send it out to everyone everywhere, send it out to the planet. 
have it support and activate all of ourselves. We're all connected. We're all one. And to help us remember and awaken to that knowing that we are all one. And when we send it out, it comes back to us and multiplied and washes over us. I just want to have everyone just feel that energy because I really, really created some amazing energy here today, Deborah, and really activated some amazing things. So I really want to thank you for that. Is there anything that you want to share in closing with our folks? Follow your heart. You have a dream. You're here. You're here because you have a desire to contribute more. You have a desire to share more of you. You have a desire to make more money. It's your birthright to make more money. And money wants to circulate and it wants to serve. So yeah. I encourage you to, to trust that inner knowing. Trust that, that nudge, that voice of desire and go forth and prosper. And you can find out more about Deborah at DebraFryer.com. That's F-R-Y-E-R. Dot com, right? D-E-B. Yeah, Deborah is D-E-B-O-R-A-H. D-E-B-O-R-A-H, Fryer, F-R-Y-E-R.com. And Deborah, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your light, for your work in this world. And I just really appreciate your, your I can just feel your, your strength and your support holding that vision for everyone here to really be um, successful entrepreneurs in all ways and really starting with the inner the inner aspect, and that's where everything starts. So I want to thank you so much. And I want to thank everyone for listening here today. We see you living a life of love and joy and peace and prosperity. We'll see you next time.